Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to the ADHD Energy Impress podcast. It's me, Marley. I'm so glad to have you back here. If you're new, then welcome. Today, I'm going to be talking about overcoming hurdles and having, I guess, like the spirit to keep on going. When you have a neurodiverse brain and hurdles pop up, it can be a really big thing because it stops your momentum. It stops that flow. And often, especially ADHD brains, we're really relying on alternate forms of motivation. We've got INCUP as our acronym, which is interest, novelty, challenge, urgency, and passion. So all of those are kind of these driving factors. And when we hit a hurdle, it feels like a brick wall. If it's not easy to jump over, it can really stop us in our tracks. You might have experienced this yourself. I pretty much guarantee you've experienced this yourself in some area of life where you feel that momentum. I've got that podcast episode on momentum rather than motivation. You've got that momentum going and then something happens and all of a sudden you hit pause and that pause may last for days, weeks, months. Maybe you did some spring cleaning and you rearranged your house and then you've just had a pile of things waiting to be cleared out or waiting to be put away, just sitting there, ignored, almost invisible to the eye because you're so used to it, sitting there for months. Or maybe you started a project and you didn't have quite all the materials you needed, so it's just sitting there half done. Maybe you had a brilliant idea for a business and you started to get moving with it, but as soon as there was something technical or boring or that required mental effort and executive functioning, it just felt too hard and you had to just put it on the back burner and save it for later. All of these things are absolutely normal and absolutely fine and they tend to affect our neurodiverse brain a little bit differently. So sometimes it can feel like, what's wrong with us? Why is it harder for us? Why can other people reach their success quicker, more easily and more consistently? But the thing is, this is going to happen. I truly believe in all of my observations, I've seen that ADHD runs in these cycles. And The trick is to not try and stop this, but to learn to get back on that horse quicker, so to speak. So to see that you've, I'm using a lot of metaphors today, see that you've fallen off the bandwagon, you've lost that momentum, but then using strategies and tools to get back to it. And one of these things that I've learned to do is that when that energy cycles back around, so we've got... We've got a few different cycles that happen. You have like larger energy cycles within your body and your brain. Um, There are cycles where you'll go through through periods of um, output and really wanting to do things. Um, And you'll go through periods of input where you really want to learn things. And you'll go through periods of rest. And this is kind of the cycle of our body and our brain. But then you'll have mini cycles like for each 
project, I guess. And the trick that I've found is to kind of tee those up a little bit. So when you're going through your cycle of being able to put in effort, um, then that's when you usually will start on projects, um, have energy to clean your house and you'll might have all these business ideas, whatever it may be, you're, you're in this output mode and you're ready to do stuff. You've got a lot of energy. If you have a menstrual cycle or a hormonal cycle that lines up with women's hormonal cycles, this is during the first two weeks sort of of your cycle and then the other two weeks of your cycle the last two are the luteal phase which is like autumn and winter where you're slowing down and doing a lot less so that's just a little side note there is that that's um can line up with these energy cycles but they don't always because our brain although it ties in with hormonal stuff um our brain and body don't just rely on that. But anyway, when you're in that output mode and you're ready to do projects, what can happen is the ADHD squirrel brain. You can look for a new project, have a new idea, get really excited because you may be relying on that novelty for your motivation. And novelty is great. I find that novelty motivates me most of all. For some other people, a lot of other people, a lot of other people with ADHD, it's urgency. Um, But novelty can be like those shiny, new, attractive, exciting things. And for a long time, I was starting new projects constantly, all the time. I had so many projects, so many business ideas, so many craft ideas. Um, and when I was in late high school and college, my friends would be shocked by how much I got done in the first three hours of a Saturday morning. I'd be making pencil cases, then making jewelry, then an exercise. Um, I might bake a cake. I'd do all sorts of things. And that was kind of the pattern for my life, not just those smaller things, but I did Uh, bigger projects too. I started my first business when I was 17. I would move house a lot. I had plans to travel and then I didn't follow through or I'd start a new project. And there were so many different things going on. And some I followed through with, some I didn't. The business that I started, I ran for nine years. So that's pretty decent for an ADHD. And it's still going today, actually. I sold that business. So that is super cool. But the littler, shinier things like, oh, I'll start a jewelry business and, oh, I'll go and travel overseas. A lot of that, I suppose, was discovering myself and what I wanted to do after I left school. But a lot of it was that ADHD, shiny novelty thing. And in my early 20s, I really was noticing this pattern and I decided I didn't want to live like that. It wasn't stable enough. I had my first child at that time and I wanted her to have a stable living situation. I wanted us to um, find where we wanted to be and settle down. And I realized that, you know that saying, a change is as good as a holiday. I really think for ADHDers, we have to flip that because we love change. We love novelty. We love doing things differently. 
But sometimes a holiday and a break and going and having that form of novelty, like feeding our brain with something new, can be as good as a change. And you can come back to home and your stable life and it can be fresh and exciting again. And saying holiday, I feel like I actually use that in not just the literal terms of a holiday, but also different forms of escape, like reading a book or watching a movie or going somewhere new and exploring in my hometown or going to an event or doing something that's different and exciting without feeling the need to uproot and change my whole life, without feeling the need to start a new business and just making that distinction between the things that I want to keep steady and bringing in that new exciting novel energy into my life through other avenues. So back to what I was saying about cycles, when I cycle back around ready to do some output, what I realized is that instead of starting something new each time, I could pick up where I left off with my main project. And if it doesn't seem new and shiny and exciting anymore, there are other ways that you can bring in that in-cup motivation and the momentum rather than motivation to keep going on that thing rather than just using big new shiny idea and novelty. So that might be sitting in a different place to do it or um, maybe treating yourself at the same time with a drink or food or listening to some exciting music or doing something novel and exciting before or afterwards and bookending that time or rewarding yourself for doing the work. Also, it's obviously very important to find something that you are passionate about. That will really help you want to keep working on the same thing. And if you are entrepreneurial, it can take a little while to find your thing um, because entrepreneurialism is kind of like art in a way like some people just start a business for the sake of starting a business but I really think women want something that feeds their soul more so and when you're trying to think of your idea like with art you can struggle with trying to find the balance between a good idea that the world wants and something that you want to express and something that you are interested in and passionate about but when you find that or when you find your reason why for whatever business you choose. It doesn't have to be the most perfect, deepest thing ever, but whatever business you're working on or whatever project, if we're talking about projects, um, whatever thing in life you want to be consistent with, find your reason why and keep coming back to that. And if there's something that's a bit more mundane, um, an aspect of it that you don't like to do, you can either delete it, automate it, delegate it, or try and break it into little steps and reward yourself for doing it. But the thing is, it's really important to be consistent and put effort into something. Otherwise, you're never going to get any traction and you're never going to progress further than a certain point. And we see this a lot with ADHD as all these unfinished projects because of going through that really exciting first stage and then 
um, losing interest and energy and then having that rest time and either coming back to it and not being so interested or finding something else that's new and shiny and exciting. And instead of having a project that's, um, you know, progressing 20 steps ahead, you have 20 projects that are one step ahead. And it can be fun to dabble in different hobbies and experiment and explore things. But the feeling of creating something and completing something or at least making something substantial is so great. And I feel like most ADHDers have this feeling of all this potential locked inside. ADHD brains are absolutely amazing. We are so creative. We think outside the box. We see how things can be done differently. We have these incredible, incredible ideas. And so many artists and entrepreneurs and people who change the world have ADHD. And I know you have these beautiful gifts as well. And there is something for you to offer to the world, whether you have been progressing on that and um, you already know where that is, what that is, or whether you are experimenting, exploring, trying to find that. You have these gifts within you and you don't need to stress so much about finding that perfect thing and what is it and what am I here to do and what am I Um, What's my purpose? What am I meant to do? What is what the world needs? It doesn't need to be such a big thing. You can just do what feels good in the moment Um, at this stage of life. You can have different purposes throughout your life. If you are passionate about what you're doing, then do it. I myself, like I say, I, I started my first business when I was 17 and then when I transitioned to online business, I found it really difficult. And I realized at some point that it was because of the executive functioning aspect. So my first business at 17 was bricks and mortar concrete business. I stumbled into it. I found a need and a way to feel that need that hadn't been done before. And it really just worked and it taught me so many beautiful lessons and I knew my reason why and my purpose within that but I also knew it wasn't what I wanted to do forever. I knew at that age of 17 that I was really passionate about business and really passionate about passionate about people and I knew I wanted to be a life coach of some kind and at that point um, online courses weren't really a thing. I ordered a CD course in the mail, like a CD-ROM course. And I did a little bit of life coach training, but at that point, life coaching was this shallow thing and it didn't quite feel deep enough. And I wanted some more life experience as well. So I knew that this was kind of what I wanted to do, but I needed to refine it a little bit. So I went on, I got more life experience, I was coaching friends and um, acquaintances and learning about neuroscience and psychology and mindset and business and running my other business and having my kids and learning about parenting Um, and with my bricks and mortar business I learned how to build a website 
But then when I was ready to launch online courses, it just felt like so many moving parts. And anytime something was technical, it felt like that brick wall. And sometimes I had to give myself a break and come back to it. And other times I had to wait until I was really feeling that manic hyper-focus and ready to just do it all at once and get all the hard stuff done and out of the way. And at this stage, um, I had a toddler and a baby and they were so difficult to get to sleep. So um, as soon as they were asleep, maybe at nine o'clock, I would work for an hour. Then I'd for half an hour have some relaxed time if I could um, watch something or read a book and just really powering through and using that momentum rather than motivation of this is what I do every single night and building that up. But there were hurdles that would come up. And for me, a really big hurdle is marketing because um, it's just a mental block really there's no really excuse for it but I would stop and start different marketing methods because I wouldn't love doing them like social media I grew a social media following I had 400 people on Instagram and then it just stopped because I shifted priorities a bit I guess and I have a podcast episode on priorities what your true priorities versus your theoretical priorities are you can check that one out later but my priority was my children and I would kind of oscillate back and forth between children and business trying to fit both these really big things into my life and at some point I just didn't want to be posting on social media throughout the day but that's not the main point the main point is that there were all these little hurdles and um, then I had life hurdles pop up as well at really really important times like I created an even bigger course um I elaborated on what I was doing and then had a major life event happen as soon as I was ready to launch that um and then again when I was ready to launch ADHD parenting massive massive life event um and I'm pretty impressed that I've been able to get back on to doing things every time when things were tough or even just that mental toughness. So the the trick is to just get back to it and sometimes I've had to use that momentum rather than motivation. And if you haven't listened to that podcast episode, in a nutshell – Don't wait until you feel motivated. You sit down or you go, whatever the thing is, you start doing it and see how you feel. And if it feels horrible and you really can't get in the flow, then you can stop. But most often when you sit down and start, you'll realize you're actually more ready than you thought. And it's funny, this idea of um, you want to just go about your life and then be struck by lightning like struck by inspiration or struck with sudden motivation to go and do the thing but that's often not how it works and if you think about it when you're busy with other things that is not the time for inspiration to strike you can look at this in different ways in the book big magic by elizabeth gilbert she sees it as some mystical 
thing, like having an idea for writing a book. And she says, why would, um, why would this idea want to come to you when you're busy and you might not uh, make anything out of it in that moment? You might be too busy for it. She says sitting down and having the space for it allows it to come in and know that you're ready for it. And I really agree with that, not even just in this mystical sense, but um, in a brain sense as well. Why would your brain just suddenly want you to do something different? And sometimes it does. And I think this is the thing is ADHD is sometimes we have this really um, sudden burst of inspiration and this really manic hyper-focused energy, but we can't rely on that, especially if you want to progress and create something And there's been times where I felt like, oh, I really don't have inspiration. I'm really not in the mood. I don't feel like I could talk right now. I don't feel like I could film a video right now. I don't feel like I could work on my website right now. And then I tell myself, well, look, I'll just do one thing or I'll just go for five minutes. I'll start recording, see if anything pops up. It's like every single time something will come up. So don't trust that feeling, this conceptual thing in your head which says oh no I'm not ready to do it right now just give it a go and if it feels horrible you can stop but often it feels really good and you'll be inspired to do more or you might get into the flow and the reason I got inspired for this episode was the other day I decided to have a look at my website and um I was I was uploading a podcast episode which often happens. I'll just upload a podcast episode. Then I'll just look, I just have a sneaky little look, you know, I'll just check in on my website. And then I thought, well, I'll look at templates and I was looking at the templates and then I ended up playing around with the template. And then suddenly (laughs) two hours later, I'd uploaded my podcast episode, but I'd also created a whole new front web page. Um, for my website and this is something I had been putting off because I lost steam when I did all the back end for ADHD parenting because it's it's a lot of work guys I have so much respect for people who do online courses because first you have to have all the knowledge then you have to be able to break that down into an idea of how you're going to deliver it. So what sections it's going to be in. It's kind of like writing an essay for school, I guess. Like you break it down into what goes where. And then you might want to have dot points for each of those things. You organize it, arrange it in the order that you want. Then you film it. Then you edit it. Then um, have the website ready for it. And I use Kajabi, so that's fairly simple. But going through and uploading each one, one by one, and naming it and changing all the settings for each and every video, Um, and then changing the thumbnail for each and every video. And then when that course is there done on the back end, then the front end of what it looks like for the user experience um, in like the video library, that all needs to be done. And then the store has to be done Um, So the storefront, what it's going to look like when you go to my website and you look at these courses that are available. And then you also have to do when they click on it, the more information and the checkout page for each one. So I'd done all that 
And then by the time I got to, okay, I need a front web page. Oh, I just, I just needed a break. And also just life happens. Um, and I love my business and, um, I'm really passionate about what I do, but I tend to take it fairly slow and steady like a tortoise because I'm full-time homeschooling my kids as a single parent and I'm valuing my health and well-being and I am making progress not as fast as some people do like I I mean all these entrepreneurial groups um, like the Kajabi group and James Wedmore's BBD and these people have like this oomph and I always wondered if that was because they had different lifestyles a lot of them don't have kids or they have um partners to help or their kids go to school and there's a lot more time and a lot more support um and that was clarified for me when all these um course creators that I'd been following for the last six years and that are my age started having babies and started talking about how it's so different being an entrepreneur and running a business as a mother as well. And that really validated the feelings that I'd felt all along where I'd seen these people um, kind of verbally include mothers but not really understand how it's different. And so when I would teach about entrepreneurship for mothers, I would say go easy on yourself and I don't think we should quite listen to all that advice because these people don't have that experience. So I really think it is different. And anyway, my point is that I feel like when you are creating something as a mother, as someone who's neurodiverse, you do what you can and you have your whole life ahead of you. So making consistent progress, no matter how fast or slow, is still moving you towards what you want. And there's a quote about that maybe it's Thoreau says that um when you I looked up the quote because I want you guys to hear it as it is so the quote's by Henry Thoreau and it's he says if one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life which he has imagined, he will meet with a success unexpected in common hours. So that means that if you're moving towards it, if you're taking steps towards it and you are living in the way that you imagine, that you dream of, then you will meet this success that not everybody has. You will feel fulfilled. And so I don't think it's about how fast you can do it. It's not, oh, I skyrocketed to $100,000 in my first month of business. It's about moving towards what you want to express and achieve in life. You don't need to be a millionaire by 30. You can live a long, happy and healthy life and work towards the things that you want and create the things that you want to create in this world and learn the skills that you want to create and have the projects that you want to um, develop and 
um, the experiences that you want to experience in this life. And so often ADHDers want it now or like our time, our awareness of time is that it's either now or not now, but we can spread things out. We can plan for the future. We can have ideas of things that we want to do in our lifetime, but they might not happen for five or 10 or 20 years because we might be in a different season of life or we might want to do, we might want to focus on something first and progress that something before moving on to another thing. So for example, me, I kept having my goals at the start of each year would be so many different things like start a podcast, um, launch my online course, uh, write children's books, do a weekly children's meditation, be healthy, get fitter, drink more water, eat healthily, be a really great mom, do all these homeschooling projects, go and travel to these places. And it's just so many things. So now I really break that down and I'll probably do a podcast on goal setting if I haven't already, but it's really important to have minimal goals so you can actually be taking steps towards them and make make the habits that are needed to reach those goals, make them more automatic. So instead of all these different goals, I have, okay, well, I want to live well, and that's about drinking enough water, eating the right foods, and um, being a great parent and homeschooling. That's kind of my life, but they're not my goals. They're, they are things I'm really devoted to, and um, I don't treat them like goals. I just treat them as things within everyday life that I'm kind of aware of. And then my goal, my one goal for this year was to release a weekly podcast. And I did stray from that goal. I did film the entire ADHD parenting course, which is fantastic. I'm so glad that that is done and that's there. Um, but I took the pressure off myself to do that because I kept going in this circle of, well, do I have the course ready? And then, um, then work on like the audience and the awareness, or do I get an audience first and then, um, film the course? And there was a hurdle or a mental block either way, because I didn't want to grow a big audience with nothing to offer and provide you guys for further and deeper learning and support. But I didn't want to, like, I didn't quite have the motivation or I struggled with the motivation to film the course and go to all that effort without first um, really connecting deeper in with an audience who needed that. And so in the end, I settled on growing the audience through the podcast because I needed to minimize my goals for the year. But I'm really glad as well that I got that course filmed because I wanted to have both and I knew that I would feel more satisfied and more motivated to do the podcast and to build the audience when I could direct you guys to something um, that is a bit more linear in its education and has everything in one place rather than all these disjointed little conversations. 
And that's also why I'm focusing on the podcast rather than Instagram and social media, because I feel like that's like snippets of information and the ADHD brain is all over the place anyway. So to then be encouraging that with social media and having these snippets of information that we might not remember, let alone implement because it's all disjointed, I don't feel like that's particularly effective. And I know that it can be if you hear something that's like, oh, I really want to implement that, then that's great. And if you like to get ADHD advice off social media, that's great. But I really wanted to go deeper um, and connect deeper and have something that's more substantial and more like a resource library than just these little snippets that kind of, to be honest, do train your brain to be even less focused. So that's why I'm not doing social media at the moment. And I actually made a rule for myself this year. I made a rule that I would not be on social media. So not only did I write down my goals, but I wrote down things that I would not do because I knew that social media is something, it's like that shiny object. So when I get this energy and enthusiasm and I'm really keen to connect with people, I would go, oh, maybe I'll get back into social media and I'll really nourish um, my social media audience. And I think I said before I had 400 followers on Instagram, but I've got 19,000 on TikTok. And um, that was really great growing that TikTok. But then anytime I go back um, and I get that little burst of energy and think, oh, I'll be consistent, the algorithm doesn't like that. And also... It's hard to connect in with people when you kind of stop and start. It doesn't have to be hard, but I don't want to be that person who's stopping and starting. And that's why I wanted to be really consistent with this podcast as well. So I made that rule for myself, no social media, and I get rid of that distraction. So then anytime I have this energy coming back around to me, I'm not going to waste that on you know, one of these 20 projects that I'll get one step ahead. I'm going to go back to my initial project, which is the podcast. And then also the little fiddly things on my website. That's my kind of little backup thing. So it can be good to have main project and then a procrastinator project. So you can shift between the two, but then both of them will progress forward. And now I know I said that my goal was to do a weekly podcast and I was disappointed that I skipped some and then I ended up skipping a couple of months. But as you may know, if you've been listening, um, I had someone really, really close pass away. And so it's okay if you need to change your goals. And like I said earlier, it's about coming back around to them and making some sense of a plan. And I love what Denise Duffield Thomas says about having tasks within your project that may not be so difficult and they may be kind of more for fun, but they still move the main project forward. So sometimes she'll have a project that's kind of off to the side, but supports her main business. Like I think at the moment she's writing all these little um, money mindset for like a particular Um, careers and she's writing these books and that's kind of her side project but at the same time it will help um, grow her audience and bring people back to her main project as well so you can kind of have these little procrastination projects 
Now, the other thing as well is it's not just about getting back on the horse. It's not just about having the one project you come back around to, but it's also mindset. And a really big part is to not get down on yourself if you need to have a break, if you need to take a long pause, like I did with this podcast. Sometimes just life happens and we really need to look after ourselves. And when things happen, when things happen to put us out of whack, it makes our executive functioning go down. And sometimes we just need to be looking after the basic levels of our health and our life and that's really important it can feel disappointing it can feel hard if we have to if we just can't achieve as much as we feel like we could achieve or if we're comparing ourselves to other people and feel like we should be getting more done but the fact is sometimes life feels hard when you're neurodiverse and sometimes that energy that you need to do these higher level things like maintain a business maintain a career um, have the energy to go out and do a bunch of stuff. Sometimes if that energy is less, then we have to focus that energy on the more basic things. Sometimes our basic habits slip and we need to focus on them. So really give yourself patience and grace. And I believe in having a really empowering mindset around ADHD and, um, having that compassion for yourself. So it's kind of a balance between ADHD is a superpower and ADHD as something that we should just give into as a disability and just accept that we will never achieve anything. We don't want to be at either of those two extremes. We want to accept that sometimes things are difficult. So that's where I'm coming from with my approach to ADHD. I really believe that we all have so much creativity, so much potential, so much to offer. And most importantly, that's not just for, you know, the external world's benefit, but that is for yourself, for whatever you want to achieve, whatever you need to um, be, do and have to have a really fulfilling life and feel fulfilled and happy within yourself. And that's what the main goal is to really nurture ourselves and providing what we need to have a life well lived. So I hope this podcast episode has helped. If you like it, then I would love a review. You can reach out to me on social media. I'm marley.darling, I think. And um, you can check out my website, which is marleydarling.mykajabi.com. And share it, take a screenshot if you want to, or DM it to a friend who might find it useful. And I will chat to you very soon. I'm so glad to be back here recording these and I think I can keep it up. Um, I think I've got a few basics back together in my life now. I've got my functioning working a little bit better and hydrating and it's just become spring here in Australia. So I can feel that energy coming back with all this sunshine beautiful sunshine. So I will chat to you next week. And if you haven't subscribed, you can subscribe and put that little alarm thingamajig on so that you get a reminder when the next episode comes out. And I'm thinking it'll be in a week. Okay. I'll stop rambling now. I will talk to you then. Have a fantastic week. Bye.